the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. My name's Mark Hiles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. Want all the wondrous headlines, gossip and chat crammed into 60 minutes of audio? Do not touch that dial. On this week's show, we try not to get overexcited by the fact Bolton are playing like peak 1970s Brazil. We look ahead to Port Vale and the biggest biggest pitch in the world. And we discover what Wanderers names are currently being used in the adult film industry. But first, a bit of advertising, a bit of housekeeping. Subscribe to the Bolton News for just £2 for two months and get access to absolutely everything we have to offer. Everything we've done, all the premium articles in the past, but most importantly, no ads. A totally hassle-free website, unlimited articles, you can read as much as you want and all the Wanderers content you could shake a stick at. We've got loads coming up with the big anniversary of the Reebok Stadium or the Macron Stadium or the University of Bolton Stadium, whatever you want to call it. It's 25 years old this year. Go to theboltonnews.co.uk backslash subscribe. £2 for two months. Can't get fairer than that. And now to read the classified results for this week's podcast, Henry Hewitt. In the Carabao Cup first round. Bolton Wanderers 5, Salford City 1, Fleetwood 1, Wigan 0. Nope, that's all we've got time for on the uh, the classified results, Henry. How are you doing this week? I'm good, but we all want to know, how are you doing? How was your holiday? Oh, it was too short. It was too short. There was too much tequila. And, uh, oh God, yes, brilliant. Absolutely magnificent. Uh, apologies for not doing an episode last week, folks. I have had a lot of emails, a lot of, uh, a lot of snidey, uh, snidey Twitters. But you're back now. If, if you're in the gym or you're out doing your dog walk or your runs or, you know, you're flying your airplanes, whatever you're doing, um, you've got something to listen to this week. But thank you very much for listening to all the old episodes Last week, it, there was a sudden spike in an old episodes being listened to last week. For some reason, people are going through the archives. Let's see, uh, 2020, sort of the first part of the League Two season, you might as well just avoid that, it was pretty grim. But then uh, 2021 picked up until about October time, then, yeah, then miss out that and just go to February last year. But thanks, yeah, thanks for everyone for listening back. There were some some classic episodes. Some of the some of the lockdown episodes were classics. But uh, yeah. yes, um, yeah. Besides the besides the archive things here and now about Wanderers going absolutely brilliantly. I watched the two games, the Ipswich game and the Wickham game from Mexico, so I am up to speed. But this week, since I've come back, they've reserved the best performances for my liking. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Salford the other night was uh, well. Once they woke up, you know, after uh, Salford scored. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, well, to be fair, I thought we did well for 10 minutes. We had most of the game. And then, yeah, it was... Uh, I, I've got to say, going into the Salford game, that was the one over Wickham and Ipswich, maybe because you're expected to beat Salford. That was the one I was kind of most worried about. Thinking back to, you know, I was there when Berry beat us in uh, yeah. the second round of the Worthington Cup and Northampton beat us in the Carling Cup. Uh, you know... Burton have beat us when they were below, you know, Crawley. like uh, yeah. Crawley. Oh God! So uh, yeah, you do think back to that, and I think he said on the highlights we've only made the second round something like twice in seven years. So uh, yeah, I was a little bit worried, but um, 
But no, when the you know we we got the two goals before half time, and then second half it was enjoyable. It was a walkover. Yeah, I, I was I was quite surprised really because Salford came to try and play. You've got to give them a little bit of credit in that they didn't come to shut up shop or be defensive at all. But you mm. do you do that against Bolton, and you're asking for trouble. You better be a very very good team if you're going to try and trade football with Bolton. And I like you. I, I maybe I, I wondered if if Ian Everett made a lot of changes. He made eight in the end. I wondered what that would do to the the team, whether or not. The continuity would maybe be missing a little bit, but really not a lot wrong at all, continuity-wise. And it does show you. I know we bang on about it, and, and I'm starting to get a bit bored of it myself, but there is such a, a level squad. There is, there's, there's, no, there's no real superstars, and yet there's not too many weak links either. No, there's not. And if you think, what you know, six changes. If you look at elsewhere and think that, well, Bolton have just beaten Salford, who didn't make that many changes... Mm and are uh, expected to be at the top end of League 2. You know, you look at Ipswich, lost at home to Colchester. No doubt these teams made changes, but we made changes too. You know, Wigan lost at Fleetwood. A load of championship teams lost as well. And we've come and beaten Salford 5-1. So, yeah, I think you're right. It does. It really shows us that, uh, you know, Chris Markham and Ian Everett have, have done a good job with the squad. Talk about Ian Everett. Uh, I, I knew the minute that that second goal went in, that he would be absolutely loving that goal. The, the, 30, the 31 pass opus. Every single player touched the ball. And I knew for a fact that somewhere along the line, the uh, the admins, the, the social media admins would have to put together something. And they did a great job, I thought, with that little kind of checkometer of players on the bottom, the little dings every time somebody touched the ball. It was fantastic. So uh, what did you think to that? Have you ever seen a better team goal? Can we finally stop talking about Mark Davis scoring against Blackpool uh -huh. and uh, outwitting a certain Blackpool defender? Yeah, uh, no, we can never talk about that. And I hope uh, for every time Ian Everett will show that goal, somebody's got the, the footage of the Mark <laughs> Davis goal showing. Um, I've got to say, just on the note of the... Uh, the socials and uh, the media mm. team. I think the videos this year. I think is it, uh, Marcus has come in. Sure, well, he's yeah. been there, but he's been doing them. They look cinematic on you. You know, like the, it looks like a movie trailer. It's brilliant. I think we've really stepped up our game, even with the the funny goal uh, video. You know, like mm. gifts when mm. when we score. So credit to those guys because it, it it is noticeable. I know a few people have noticed it. Um, What's funny, and I know you put this on Twitter last night, and genuinely this happened. There two blokes sat behind me who were probably about a past number five and six, maybe before sadly crossed it over to uh, John. They were going, "Oh, why? Why are you playing? I'm sick to death of him playing like this. Just passing <laughs> it about, get it forward, get it direct." And, uh, and then when they scored, they're behind us. Going, what a great goal that was! I thought, well, it wouldn't have happened if they would have passed it or had a shot after six. Yeah, I dare say it's the same. Look, it's got to be the same across the board. I'm sure that every team that plays this sort of football, there's some sort of culture clash with 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 older fans or or what. I don't even think it necessarily is older fans, but just some fans just like to to see their football uh, in a different way. Um, yeah. per personally, I've 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 fed up of. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't comment until it's finished because you do end up looking daft. There there are times where I think, oh, good grief, it's all side to side, side to side. And I think Bolton can get sucked into that trap sometimes when they're against a certain type of opposition that are, are sitting very deep. Um, but as I said before, Salford kind of, 
they were they were too attacking. They left too many gaps, and and it was it was a bit like a basketball game at times. And uh, and that that goal was was very very good. I'm glad I was there to see it. Um, but Aston Villa in the second round, that's a game, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to that now. Yeah, I believe the term is a proper cup tie. Uh, two old fashioned teams. All of that being. Uh, you know, thrown out. I think is it the first time we've got a Premier League team at the the rebuild? Is it since maybe Crystal Palace when Big yeah, Sam came back? Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Was it? Liverpool and Crystal Palace are the only two that I can think of in in the last few years. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's 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 an occasion. It's going to be an occasion. Villa are obviously back to their best. I know they came a few years ago in the Championship. It was the uh, the snowy game, wasn't it? The was yeah. it was it Alfie that scored the goal on that? He was, was yeah. Television. Um, but yeah, they've been been a couple of times. I think they were the ones to relegate Bolton as well. They were, yeah. Uh, Mr. Bassini's first game in the stands. That was. Oh, oh, oh. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's move swiftly onwards on that one. Um, yeah, Villa. I, I mean, they're a cracking club. I, I've I've always had a lot of time for Villa. When we were talking beforehand, and the cup draw, the cup numbers were announced. I, I kind of picked out Villa and I said, I'd love to go to Villa Park. It's a, it's a lovely place to work and it's a, a really quality old ground. Um, but I'm happy them coming to... So it's, it's, it's less for me to travel. Um, maybe we'll have, may have to up the press grand just a little tad, maybe maybe lay on a bit of dessert maybe for them. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be good. And I think it's a good barometer really of where we're at because let's face it, Aston Villa are a good team. But you can you can imagine that Gerard will make maybe a few changes, but then they'll still have decent Premier League players out there. So I think it's a good yeah, it's a good barometer to see where we are. There's there's you know, unless we get battered, there's no we're the underdogs. Um, you know, you look at some of our players, you look at like Dapo, for example, Santos, they'll love the battle. Um, and it's, you know, when the draw came out, I thought, brilliant, this is bound to be on telly. Steven Gerrard, any excuse to put Villa on the telly? They come into Bolton Wanderers, they can harp on about the League Cup semi-final, talk about two classic teams, Bolton, back playing Premier League teams, and then you get the likes of Tramia v Newcastle and mm. Stockport v Leicester, and I thought, oh, well, they're going to choose them now, aren't they? Yeah, well... Whatever. I don't, I don't think... <laughs> Bolton do play well on the telly. I would quite, I, I'd quite like to have the Sky cameras in. No, things going absolutely fantastic for Bolton at the moment. Um, and harking back to the weekend, the win against Wickham as well. I, I was wondering whether... Uh, we, I think we did a top 10 of Ian Everett's performances not that long ago. Mm. And I just wondered where you think it maybe kind of sits in. I think I, I dug out 10... I'll, I'll give you an impromptu top 10, right? So here we okay. go. So before the Wickham game, we had Sunderland 6-0 at the top. Yeah. I, I've always rated the 3-2 at Oxford, so I put that second. The one with uh, Marlon Fossey's goal. Yeah. Uh, Crawley. Who, who's that? Who's, uh, yeah, who, who's that, sorry? We should, we should ban him along with other players like... <laughs> like Bleepity Bleepovich and uh, yeah. <laughs> Lawrence Bleepini. Um, God, I mean, can I just say, Marlon Fossey's like that. He's like that girlfriend you break up with, you're heartbroken, and then you get with someone better and forget about them. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair enough. Badly. In 15 years, I might Facebook stalk him and uh, and see what he's doing now, <laughs> but you never know. Uh, so, yeah, so we've got Sunderland, we've got Oxford. Crawley 4-1 on the final day of the season, magic performance. Mm. Um, Ipswich 5-2. 
the, uh, the, the massacre at Portman Road. Charlton 4-1, that was a great performance last season as well. Um, the Salford 2-0, where it all started going right for Everts and they put Jilks in goal. Uh, the magical win at Morecambe, uh, Ben Jackson's yeah. goal. I always rate that one. The, the one one nilla at Forest Green. Uh, mm. I put that eighth on my list. That was great going. Three two at Mansfield. The Muddy Marvels. That was mm. one of my favourite games. That's ninth on my list. And number ten, the four nil against Wimbledon. That could have been fourteen nil to be fair, but yeah. uh, it was just so one sided. So there's the scale. Where do you think the Wickham game fits in? Um, I think it fits in somewhere in the middle. I think, um, you know, obviously Sunderland's 6-0, that's, yeah, that's different gravy. But, like, the rest of them have kind of came in the second, like, Oxford was a, a in the second half of the mm. season, so maybe a bit more pressure on it, same in Mansfield and, and stuff. Whereas, um, yeah, Wickham, I, you know, I was, I was... I wasn't necessarily surprised by Bolton because I know we've got that. I was more surprised by Wickham. I expected a bit more from them. But, um, yeah, we, we played them off the park. And that was potentially another difficult game because if you think to last year, they bullied us and won 2-0. Mm. This year, we didn't allow them to bully us. We, you know, we, we got the goals early on and then controlled it, really. I, I mean, they had the chances, but we controlled it. So... I'd stick that in the middle. I'd also say that the Salford get 5-1, that I could also get in at number 9 or 10. I don't know whether Carabao Cup League one, uh, uh, round 1 uh, stops it from being one of the big, you know, big performances, mm. but I still think it was a relatively, you know, very good performance. So, I mean, we've had two in a week, Mark. It's it's what what is this what is this? Spoilt. Spoilt is oh, yeah. what we are. Absolutely spoiled. Um, yeah, usual email address if you've got your own top tens, whether or not you think the Wickham game or the Salford game uh, deserves to be in that top ten. Let us know. Uh, right, there's been absolutely loads and loads of headlines whilst I've been away, uh, but I'm going to ignore them because somebody else wrote them. Let's just deal with the ones that are happening right now. Henry, jump into the Bolton Newsmobile. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, with respect to Dan, uh, as far as this podcast is concerned, nothing happened nope. <laughs> in the last two weeks. Um, <laughs> well, the first thing we've got to talk about, and uh, it's Ian Everett talking about transfer business. And we all thought that, oh, well, that's it for Bolton. Four in the door, we're happy with that. We're happy with the squad. But he's hinted that there could be not only more players coming in, but coming out as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Could have dropped cork-legged. As I've just been told, I I always thought it was court legs, but never mind. Um, so yeah, I, I I would have said when that question got asked at the press conference, and credit to Jack because he he was the one that asked the question, uh, that he never would have said it would have been difficult for him to bring more players in. He thinks he's got maybe the good balance, but no, he he was quite quite assertive that there was going to be more business done and, and as you say it wasn't necessarily that maybe he was going to add an extra striker which you wouldn't be amazed at or maybe you know an extra midfielder maybe but actually that he he might see other players go and that is the interesting one for me because where which players in that squad are trimmable there's not there's not many I mean, you could possibly upgrade if, if for example, let's just give a random example. Somebody like Will Ameson, who has not played a lot, um, were to you know, and he were to bring in another defender, maybe. 
But I, I don't know. I don't know. Who, who would you... Where would you improve? And where could you see anybody leaving? Um, I, I don't know where we could improve. Maybe... I don't know because you think that most positions we've got two players in that position. You know, I even like say, I know MJ was a bit of a question mark over who could replace him, and I think George Thomason's a good replacement personally. So yeah, I think up front we're fine, midfield we're fine, defense I think we're okay. I mean, maybe if, you know if they're looking at Owen Toll and thinking he's not quite ready, well maybe someone in on loan, you know, just to yeah. bridge that gap. Goalkeeping wise, I think unless one of them gets injured, we're fine. So, yeah, I, I don't really know where he would improve. In terms of going out, I think for me, the only outgoings would be uh, whether there's players that have, have not quite, you know, played many games, mm. game time so far, who are looking like maybe Ameson or someone who, who might look and go, well, am I going to be just be a cup player this year? I, I want more than that. Um, but yeah, I, I, other than that, I mean, I'm intrigued. But at the moment, I think uh, he's having problems getting keeping everyone happy. I think so. Uh, bringing more players in might be difficult. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I do think there are a couple of players maybe who are looking at their position now and wondering where. I mean, even even down to somebody like Kachunga, who has obviously had a year at the club now and has, has only really once been able to hold down that first team spot and that was in the the kind of November where he was scoring goals and then he got the injury you know maybe in his final year of his contract he's looking and thinking right well you know am I going to be able to force my way in to get regular football or is rotation enough for me there may be a few people like that that are maybe just weighing that up but I don't think there's anybody that can honestly look and say I'm out of the picture because I don't think there's one one player like that at the moment and, and obviously, with cup football and everything, you are going to get games. And with five substitutes, people are going to get game time. It seems to be able to spread it around quite well. So it's really interesting. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to uh, get a striker in because he's already said that had he brought another striker, in, it, it might be difficult. So I think we're looking elsewhere. Um, yeah, really interested. Really interested to see. But also, it saves my transfer deadline day blog. Potentially, so hmm. that's that's bringing the biscuits. We're uh, we're 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 going all day. We're going all day. God God bless the purveyors of broken biscuits, B and M, and home bargains to name a few. Um, yeah, the transfer blog is saved. Um, right, moving on to another. This came from the other night. We've not really spoke about it. George Thomason sending off. Um, they're going to appeal it. I've got to say. I was sat in the West Stand lower right in front of it, mm. um, kind of adjacent to like the, the uh, well, literally adjacent to uh, the the tackle. And I've got to say, uh, at first, I was I, I thought, oh, yellow card yeah. at most. He, he got the ball. He, he got the ball. He didn't get any of the man. That Bolton, uh, Liam Bolton, is it? Or Luke Bolton? Luke Bolton, yeah. yeah. Luke Bolton. Uh, he, was, he was on a wind-up. You know, he, he was... 5-1, he was annoyed and on the wind-up. And he's, in my opinion, he's uh, he's got Thomason sent off there. But, um, yeah, they're, they're unhappy with it, aren't they? They are unhappy with it. And and I was quite uh, interested to hear that the, the Salford manager, Neil Wood, kind of stuck up for 
George Thomason said he was he was unlucky and that Luke Bolton shouldn't have been on the pitch himself because he was on a yellow card and had, had already dived in on Dapo a couple of moments earlier and, and, and probably should have got a second yellow himself. But uh, yeah, I, I, which I think is quite refreshing when, when that happens, by the way. I think more more managers should be honest like that. At the time when I was, I had my head buried in the laptop, so actually seeing it live, I couldn't really tell. The reaction from the people around me on the press box and the, and the radio lads were was pretty much the same as yours, that it was going to be a yellow card rather than a red. Quite surprised when that came out. But again, it seemed like the referee rushed into it a little bit. And I do wish, I do wish that, I know they've not got uh, touchline cameras and, and TVs at the moment and, and I hope that does come in very quickly but I do wish that referees would take a couple of moments maybe even just walk over and talk to their assistant and see what they saw at least get a second opinion before brandishing that now I know they're mic'd up so there may have been a very brief word but I can't imagine there being much dialogue there uh, it, it was it was almost instantaneous the red came out straight away it didn't give any sort of any sort of room to breathe at all mm. um so i don't know and, and having seen the replays now i agree with you he got some of the ball i don't think he was especially reckless but i i would be surprised if that got overturned i would be surprised yeah it's it was just it was it was one that was needless you know the fact that he he didn't send off their player a minute before it for a second yellow um, you know, I saw Kachunga and uh, might be Idale go over to the assistant, mm. uh, so the well lines woman as it is, um, and kind of say like, "What's going on?" And she, to be fair to her, obviously I couldn't hear, but she wasn't. She didn't seem like she was saying, "No, he's definitely that was definitely." He, she kind of not looking sheepish, but kind of looked as in like she was just kind of. But the referee, the referee's got the final say. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I think sometimes with, this is what I'm saying. It it would have been better to see the referee come over to the assistant and say, right, okay, well, what's your view on that? If if you know, maybe she didn't have a good view on it. Uh, you know, maybe there were players you know obscuring her view. Maybe maybe she just wasn't sure. You've got to leave. There's got to be some sort of meritocracy there. The, the referee has got to have the final say. Um, but I would just like to see these things talked even for 10, 15 seconds before you start brandishing a red card. And then you have to go through the rigmarole of, of appeal and, and, and getting it overturned or not. So um just seems a bit needless to me. Yeah, it was. And uh, hopefully it can be overturned. But I mean, with respect to Thomas, it's, you know, it's someone who he potentially wouldn't have played. You know, he might have come on a sub, but he wouldn't have played those games anyway. So, uh you know, it's one of those things, I guess. Um, Kachunga has uh, said he's ready to start afresh after a tough 12 months. Um, mm. I mean, can he be a starter? Because he, he did look good before his injury last year. Yeah, well, we, we touched on it earlier, didn't we? He's in that situation now where I think he appreciates he's in the final year of his contract and he's looking ahead now, having never held down that spot properly. And, you know, if everybody is fit in that team, it's it's hard to see where he starts, especially now that Dapo Afolayan is being pushed into that second striker's role. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately, I think that's 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 the situation for him. I think he's, he's one of those players that's got to accept that there's going to be a lot of rotation and a lot of 
a lot of 20-minute cameos off the bench, you know, where Ian Everett kind of rotates that attacking line and, and, and freshens things up. That's where the game minutes are going to come from uh, a lot of the time. And so you may only be starting one game in every three or so. So if, if that's good enough for Kachunga, then I, and I hope it is, because I do think he's a good player and he's certainly a, an excellent lad. I, I, you know, he's fantastic for the, uh, for the team. He's, he's a really good character to have around. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. But I, I think it's something that a lot of players are going to have to get their head around, the fact that they're not going to start every week. And I said this to Ian Ever yesterday, is, is that not only the fans have got to kind of appreciate that, 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 get, that teams are almost picked weeks in advance. I think Ian Ever will probably have known his Port Vale team last weekend, unless, mm. unless there was going to be an injury or a suspension. But I think they have this kind of, right, well, we, we know what sort of opponent, so we know what, you know, ideally what Bolton team are going to play for the next three or four weeks. Yes, there's the odd little tweak you have to make for injuries or suspensions, but generally speaking, I think they know what their team is. It's no longer, oh, well, he played really well on Tuesday night. You know, the old forcing the manager's headache and all that kind of stuff. I, I, don't, think it, I don't think it's that snap judgment anymore. I think they, they plan a lot further ahead. Yeah, and I guess that allows... Uh, you know, we talked before about keeping everyone busy, uh, happy. I guess that does that because, for example, Sadlier, who has, has played well in his, you know, his Bolton career, he scored the other night. He scored in, against Huddersfield in the in pre-season, and you could argue that you know he's very unlucky not to be playing more. Um, you know, so I guess for him, it's it's like right, okay, you're not playing. Bradley's playing, or you're not going to, or you might they might change it to a four-three-three or whatever. And he could say, right, Port Vale, you're definitely playing and Salford, but for the first two games, you're on the bench. And, uh, yeah, I guess it gives players time to, um, you know, time to... Because, uh, you know, if, if he said to someone, oh, you're playing against Port Vale, who hasn't played, they can be researching Port Vale then. You know, like, yeah, they can, yeah. weeks ahead, they can start getting ready for it. Next headline, please. Uh, so one thing I didn't think I'd be reading this week is uh, Aaron Morley's called the Port Vale pitch borderline illegal. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> uh, no, I think one thing you always get whenever you go to Port Vale from players or from managers, they always mention the size of the pitch. And it is really big. It looked, according to Wikipedia, it's about five yards longer and five yards wider than Bolton's pitch, which is one of the biggest in the league, I'm told. So Port Vale's must be right, right up there, like the, the gargantuan. Why they do it, I don't know. I've never looked at Port Vale team and thought, oh, you know, they're what an expansive or like fit packed with wingers or anything like that. It just seems bizarre, really. Um, but they do have a really big pitch, and a, and, a, and the, anybody that's been to Vale Park will know it used to be a forty thousand seater stadium or seater or capacity stadium. Um, it's quite a cavernous place. Uh, but obviously has been kind of reduced over time. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting place. Uh, the other the other great line that, by the way, I spoke to him, he, he said that the place smells of aggression. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it smells of aggression. Having, 
That's just Burslem for you, I think. <laughs> I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, Morley, I think he played there at Rochdale and, and I think they won 3-2 as well. Um, and he just said, you know, as a midfielder, you have to cover a lot of space. It's a, it's a tough place to play. He thinks it will suit Bolton. Obviously, Bolton like playing out from the back and, and like to, to use every inch of the pitch, as we saw with that second goal against Salford. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it will suit Bolton. I think it will be a tough one, but I think uh, Morley, uh, Morley's in good spirits and, and rightly so because uh, you know he's playing out of his skin at the moment and, and he, is, he is one of those players who can ping a pass to any inch of any pitch. He's, uh, he's quite the player and, and to see what Bolton paid for him, it's really looking like good business, isn't it? Oh yeah, was it 60 grand? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. Incredible. He, the way he's going, he'll, that'll go down with a Yaskalainen for hundred grand, and mm. you know all these uh, famous cheap deals that we've had. But um, yeah, he's he's been so good, and and a credit to him as well. But you know, he came in in January, and in midfield, and he's he's not really missed many games. He's not been brought off many times either. Mm. I don't think mm. so. He has played a lot. A twenty-one-year-old energy. He took his goal really well against Wickham. I, I was with my dad and I pointed out to him. Um, same with Dempsey's first, well, and his third, actually. We've seen so many times where players have got the ball in those positions and just panicked and he's mm. gone straight to the goalie or they've skied it. Or, um, yeah, so Morley has been, he's been so good. And, uh, um, and yeah, he's, he's going for three and three, isn't he? So uh, let's see if he can score on Saturday. A word on Dempsey, actually. And, and by the way, he did sky one that he should have had a hat-trick against Wickham. Yes, he did, of should course. Have. Yeah. But I'm really, really happy for him. I'm really happy for him because yeah. obviously he had a very difficult season last year. Um, and, and that combination between Morley and Dempsey, I, I like that. That's really good. It's, it's, hard on, it's hard on Kieran Lee because of all the midfielders, I think he's probably the most talented we know in in a technical form, but we know that he's not going to play every single week now. Um, but mm. the, the the Dempsey Morley kind of access, I do like that one. Yeah, going back to then what Ian Everett said about uh, it smells of aggression. Do you think this is a where we look back last year and we looked at the games of like Fleetwood and Accrington where we struggled and Burton? Yeah. Um, is this a good barometer for us this year to see where we're at with that? I think so. I think so. And you know, he never knows when he says things like that. It it, it hits the headlines, and it, and the players read it, and they know what to expect. I think he knows that that Paul Vale are going to be rolling up their sleeves, and they're going to make it a very very difficult afternoon for Bolton. And if they've got any ego about them having just beaten Wickham comfortably, and then seen you know the walkover against Salford. It will get smacked, smacked right out of, of their face. Um, you know, Port Vale are not going to stand on any sort of circumstance whatsoever. So um, I think they've got to be prepared. I think Ian Everett knows that. And I think he's been telling his players that, um, that whether it be uh, a healthy respect for the size of the pitch or the, uh, the smell of aggression, it doesn't matter as long as they go in there with their eyes open, really. Yeah, um, and finally, uh, the amount of season tickets has been announced, 13,326. Uh, I mean, this just justifies the early re release, doesn't it? Was it February when they released them the last year? Yeah, yeah, Neil Hart raised a few eyebrows when he did it, but I think it's fair to say, and I might not be popular for saying it, but I think it's a victory for him. I think he's uh, made an extremely good decision there, and I think the pricing has, has been proven to be absolutely spot on. I know everything 
goes according to results at Football Club. And had Bolton finished last season badly, maybe we don't sit here with quite as many. But I think in general, uh, you know, the, it's it's very good value. And and the the standard of the football we're seeing, in my opinion, is extremely good. So I think it's well worth the um, the entrance fee as well. Um, and also they're making an effort to to make it a bit better for fans as well. You know they're brightening the place up a bit. There's still work to go, of course, but um, you know they're making that fan experience with the fan zone and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they make it an easier place to come to. And I think sometimes in the last few years you've kind of looked at it and think. You know, would I, if, if I stopped this job tomorrow, would I pay to go and watch that? And I, I have to say I wouldn't because it it, it was a hard place to go. It, it's, Alton's always a hard place to go. But it, it became a bit of a chore, I think, yeah. for, for, for a lot of people. And, and people do it because they've got an undying love for the club and I totally respect that. But you can't rely on that being the only reason for somebody turning up at a football club. You have to make it into something they want to do and whether that be the football on the pitch whether that be the the welcome you get whether that just whether that be you know what you can do when you're at the game or a mixture of the three um you can't abandon your duties as owners and as as managers and and players that you've you're in the entertainment business you've got to bring those people in and i think they're starting well they're certainly getting that now but they're improving on it as well uh, yeah, the it did seem on um, on Saturday. You know, everyone was in such a good mood, and I know it was nice weather, so that helps. But like everyone, just you know, in the fan zone, it was. I, I had a, a walk in, and it was brilliant. You know, I think they've done really well with that. Um, walking around, uh, I went into the club shop, and it was packed. Mm. It was packed after the game as well, um, and it's just a good feeling around the club. And I think. You know, you can tell the differences. The other night, when uh, you know, I was walking from the concourse into the uh, the arena, if you will, um, they've painted the steps. The steps were falling apart last year. You know, it's just little things that they have. Uh, you, yeah, you you want to go and um, you want to you want to be proud of the stadium that you you watch your team at. And Bolton have got a, a, a gorgeous stadium for a modern stadium. It's full of character. It's unique. Well, not quite because Huddersfield is similar, but it's it's a better version of Huddersfield. And um, and yeah, it, it's suddenly become when you think back a few years ago in that season in the Championship where we finished second bottom under Parkey and uh, at times in the first season under uh, the Sharon Britton ownership where they were kind of papering the cracks a little bit until we could really deal with the issues. It was a chore and it was. It just wasn't pleasant, and it was the stadium just wasn't inviting. And um, and now you really think that it's all part of this new bolt and this where we can kick on. And and I think you're right with what you're saying on the pitch at the moment. If I if I'm uh, in and around this region and I'm looking to take my my kids after the success of the lionesses to uh, watch football. You, you at the moment you're going to choose Bolton because there's lots of goals and it's a good it's a good day out. Yeah, and it's, it's affordable as well. I mean, I, I thought that with the the pricing for Salford, ten pound and five pound. In in the past, that hasn't been the case, and and in the past, actually, I think it was a seven thousand dollar against Salford, which is a, a very decent. I know Salford brought mm. seven hundred, so that's fair play to them, but. Um, you know that's that is quite a large crowd for a first first round game. I think in the past few years we've seen sort of threes and fours, 
So mm. I think the appetite is there, and it's it's good to see. I'm I'm really 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 happy for for Sharon for for Ian, for all of them uh, that that things are going in in the right direction, and because they've worked hard for it. So long may that continue. Um, right, okay, it is that time of the week where we open the floor to the listeners, and we've got a cr- few crackers to read out this week. Is that Philip Moresh? It's the film race post bag, and uh, right the first one, Henry. If you're a, if you're a listener of a, a delicate disposition, just maybe just fast forward a, a minute or two. Okay. Okay. So, dear Mark and Henry, a while ago I emailed emailed you with a list of Bolton players and managers who appeared with acting credits on IMDb. I spend far too much time on that site, so decided to share with you a few of the actors who share a name with former Wanderers or Wanderers managers, but who have appeared in, let's say, risque films. Now, there's a there's a list of about 16 here. Now, some of them, I'm afraid I can't... It's more than my job's worth to uh, to, to, to say what the, the films are called. Um, and also, I, I, I don't want to put anybody with... I don't want to put any of the, uh, the the most recent Bolton Wanderers players either, as in ones that are actually in the squad at the moment, because... Um, yeah, again, it, it's it's. I don't want to die on this hill, basically. <laughs> but I will say, I will say, I'll, 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 I'll say a couple of them. Um, so David Jack, who I'm pretty sure isn't going to sue me, um, appeared in a, a, a film called Behind the Covers, which I'm sure is perfect. That's perfectly fine. That could be anything. That could be a docu- yeah. That could be a documentary about duvets. Oh. It could be. It could be. <laughs> um, Charlie Wright uh, appeared in a film called The Great American Mud Wrestle. Um, oh, that's uh, that. That could be something. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd hate to speculate. Actually, I, actually, I think it was the uh, it was the Midwest uh, farming trade that were, were. It was all about the uh, the soil erosion problem uh, that they <laughs> had in in the Midwest in uh, the nineteen eighties. I think um, Phil Parkinson appeared in a film called Visions of Suffering, which. Oof. Yeah. I think could also be the title of the uh, 2018-19 season, to be honest. <laughs> if we were to do a, do a DVD of that, I would quite happily call it Visions of Suffering. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of other ones, but I will just say that there is a current member of the squad's name in this list. And I wanted to say that the name of the film, because I just love it. It's called Mandy Good Handy. <laughs> I love mm. it. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> I'm not saying who appears in Mandy Good Handy, but it is it is one of the current players' names, not the actual current player. Let me underline that. Oh, uh, I thought it was. I Jesus. was like, well, no, I think I, I wouldn't just casually just drop that on a podcast. That'd be like front page news. Um, right. Anyway, he, uh, Phil H does say um, does continue. Just in case you can't read those out on the podcast, um, here is a list of former Bolton managers who also have acting doppelgangers. Now I assume these are just normal ones. But um, Stan Anderson was in Armageddon and Spider Man. Apparently, oh, okay. there you go. Uh, Dougie Friedman was in a horror film called Johnny in Monsterland. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that could be a. Uh, for the latter days of Eddie Davis's tenure at Bolton, 
Um, Keith Hill has a rich history of short films and will soon star in the UK-produced Alba Rosa, along with an actress who used to be in Emmerdale, he says. Um, Sammy Lee was a martial arts star in the 1980s. Right. I can imagine that. <laughs> I can imagine Sammy with the, like a little headband on. And uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like one of the you know one of the ones that gets beaten early on in the Karate Kid. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. And then best of all, um, apparently a wrestler with the ring name Jimmy Meadows, who is an ex Bolton Wanderers manager, uh, once appeared in WWE SmackDown and got beat by Ryback. Apparently. Oh right. Okay. So there right. we go. So there, I mean, this is this is really scraping the barrel of niche, really, when you think about it. But uh, Phil H has uh, deemed it. Uh, fit to to email in and, and tell us all this so uh, he says please keep up the great work don't know what i'd do if i didn't get a dose off the buff every week um so he must have been quite well, sad last week i was gonna say he didn't last week <laughs> p.s did you know that jj Akacha and nicholas and elka were once on soccer am together with red or dead fashion designer wayne hemingway he, he concludes well I, I i probably would have watched that episode but i don't remember it I assume, it, yeah, I mean, Nelka wouldn't have been playing for Bolton at that point in time either. So, um, hmm. there we go. Um, right, second email. Less risque, this one. Um, Mark and Henry, what gives? Question mark. I set off with the dogs last Friday expecting to listen to my favourite Bolton Wanderers podcast and there's no new episode. Just a feeble excuse about being in a different continent. <sighs> Seriously, hope Mark enjoyed his holidays and got it out of his system. Um, so thanks, Chris M. He says, I wanted to ask Henry in particular whether he felt uh, it was time that the sound system at the stadium was upgraded. Um, it's been brilliant to see the work which has happened around the stadium in the summer, but the quality of the sound is still really poor. I'm sure Mark doesn't care just so long as he can see the numbers on the back of players' shirts and has Wi-Fi. Brackets joke. Um, so no, that's not a that's not a joke. Not a joke really. I really don't care. Yeah, I genuinely don't care if anybody can hear uh, the uh, the sound. Unfortunately, but it doesn't affect me. Um, but as a fan, Henry, and as somebody who pays uh, to uh, to listen to the teams before the game, um, <laughs> does it bother you? Um, it, you know what? I didn't until the other night, and I noticed it because when the uh, the two lads came on from the B team, mm. um, and obviously I didn't know. I don't recognise them really, so I, I couldn't pick out their names. So yeah, he does have a point with that. I think it could be, it could be upgraded because I think uh, Phil does a great job at mm. doing the uh, announcing, and we, we, he should be heard by by everyone. But um, yeah, I would uh, agree with that. Yeah, upgrading. Yeah, yeah. I, I think going back in the day, of course, Colin McGreevy was the was the voice of the old Reebok, but he was the voice of a Reebok that was only, you know, five, ten years old at the time. Um, in fairness to Phil, he's down there on a hand mic at, t at, at pitch side um, on a 25-year-old system now, and um, yeah. I, I do agree that it, it could do with a little bit of a, an upgrade, and um, hopefully one, one day he does, he does get that. Um, and then, I mean, he, he kind of go to some grounds and it booms out. You can hear every single syllable that people say at Touchline. But uh, there we go. Maybe food for thought for Football Ventures for next season. Who knows? Um, last email. Happy new season, Mark and Henry. Uh, we're looking forward to another eight months of press scran pictures. Hmm. Um, wanted to know from Mark, what's the best and the worst food he's ever eaten at a football match? 
And he says, it's time to set up a league table. And that's from Jimmy D. Um, the best and the worst. I tell you, what, as a fan, Henry, as well, can you think of a particularly good or bad experience food-wise? Um, I think as from a press point of view, I always say Chelsea's my favourite for, for press food. It's absolutely obscene. I once made myself pretty damn poorly, actually, before a, a League Cup game at uh, Chelsea. Um having uh, consumed quite a lot of uh, of their seafood buffet. Um, and the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst was at the old Salford Rugby League ground, the Willows. Um, that was absolutely dreadful. Um, let me think, the worst, the worst, the worst. Um, let's see, the worst. Uh, I think, I mean, Bolton's all right uh, with the... Pasties and yeah. uh, the new the new scrap the out the fans on scrap look nice. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I saw, saw saw some of the pictures of that actually. I must. Uh, they've got a couple of home games coming up. I'm going to be nipping down and and giving that a first person review. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think of where have they eaten lately. Uh, Hartlepool Hartlepool wasn't great last year. I mean, I know it's it was a Papa John's trophy, so they're not going to put all the uh, you're not going to make loads, but considering that there was only, I don't know, Bolton brought 500, I think. They, they, they didn't have any warm pies at one point, and that was at 20 minutes to kick off. You've just reminded me, actually, Crew Went to Crew, and I'm sure it was Crew talking about warm pies. That is the hottest pie anybody's ever had. You had to... You had to cut it open and cut it in half and then leave it until after the game for it to be in any way edible. It was absolutely boiling hot. Um, yeah, Old Trafford's like that. They had, I went to the um, grand final one year and they had a, it was like a steak, I think it's a steak and cheese pie or something like that. And I thought, oh, that, that looks really nice. It sounds nice. Mm. Uh, I must have eaten it on the way out. It was that hot. And, and that was uh, even then the trophy uh, you lifted the trophy as well in that time so. <laughs> like third degree burns I mean what, how have they warmed them up like in the sun they just like fire it off to the <laughs> yeah. sun and then bring it back before kickoff. Um, yeah. yeah it's uh, yeah I would, I would say I don't get listen when football clubs feed you you can't exactly complain as far as press press concerned Jimmy but um, I would I would say that right up there Chelsea uh, Manchester City's amazing Aston Villa's amazing I tell you what they used to do Here's a little one. In in um in the the heyday of Arsenal when the Emirates first opened, used to get a pre match meal, and then at half time they would do uh, fish and chips in kind of mock uh, newspaper kind of cones, and then also they had a freezer that used to have little tubs of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. It wow. was amazing. Talk, I could have stayed there forever. If I was the local reporter for Arsenal, I reckon I would be dead within 12 months or at least <laughs> at least a very severe diabetic. I, I, would, I would be very, very poorly. Um, but anyway, yes, thank you very much for your emails. As ever, please, if you've got anything to say, anything to ask or anything to add with what we've brought up this week, here is how to get in touch. So you want to bring something up on the buff. Email Mark and Henry on thebuffmail at gmail.com that's T-H-E-B-U-F-F-M-A-I-L, all one word, at gmail.com. And sorry to the male escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. And now for a new segment, because we've only just started it off, it's the Buff Fantasy Football League. 
A thank you to absolutely everybody who joined our Buff Invitational. And uh, congratulations to Steve Rushton, whose team, Steve's Superstars, lead the way on 88 points at the top. Ooh. 88 points. Uh, Sam, Sut uh, Sam Sutton's Haven't Yacht a Clue. I like that, by the way. Uh, mm. They're second. And Camlo's uh, Angel Delete. Delict. Yeah. Lovely bit of uh, wordsmithery. Um, they're second and third. Uh, so, I've got to be honest with you, I thought I was going to be coming on today to explain away the worst week I can remember in Fantasy League. I'm usually not bad. I had a really, really bad week. 59 points, thanks to like Gabriel Jesus convincing me in pre-season he was a better option than Erling Haaland. Um, mm. But then I looked at the league table and I was like, where's Henry? Where's Henry? I kept on scrolling. I kept on scrolling. Henry, tell me what happened to uh, Cucurella de Ville. Uh, I don't even. I think I got late thirties in points. I just stopped looking at mid uh, midday on Sunday. Uh, mm. I I fell for it. I put Jesus in. I put Kane in. I thought Harlan will take a while, and no, none of them score. And uh, Tottenham score four, and Kane doesn't score or get an assist. What's going on? I had a little little glimpse at your team, and I think had it not been for Ben Chilwell, I think it was you would have been in serious trouble. Serious I trouble. Will. But it's a, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. You know, we, we've got 37 more game weeks. Some of them will be double weeks. Some of them will have, I'll have triple Captain Kane when they're playing four matches in a week. I don't, don't worry about me, Mark, I'll be fine. No, no, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, we are going to have to think of uh, some sort of forfeit for, for who finishes. Uh, I mean, I've got a fi I've got a nineteen point lead already. I'm I'm on easy streets. But uh, yes, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a regular update every week on the uh, fantasy league. We are still uh, looking through. There's about two hundred and fifty odd teams. So I'm gonna go through and see which my favourite team name is. That will be the first prize of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe at the end of every month we'll uh, we'll have a look and see who's. See who's leading the way, see who's got the most points in each month and uh, send out uh, a little prize from the buff. Um, right, yeah, fancy, a, fancy a game or something, Henry? Yeah, why not? Tune that dial to the buff FM. Yeah, well, somebody sent me a few a good few weeks ago, actually, the idea that uh, we could do... Have you ever played Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Uh, no, I've never played that version, but uh, I do know what it is. Yeah, so the idea is that uh, you can go from uh, six degrees from the uh, the EE advert king, who was in Tremors, uh, to any actor around um, in six moves, apparently. Um, I've never really played it, but I do understand the rules. Uh, but I thought, could we, could we apply it to football? Could we do six degrees of Kevin Nolan? You, you name me a player that I've got to get to in six moves. Um, right, Kevin Nolan to Pele. That's easy, I'm sure. So I'm going to go. Kevin Nolan played at West Ham with. Oh no, no, not Kevin Nolan played at West Ham with Kevin Nolan played at Newcastle United with. No, actually, no. Kevin Kevin Nolan played with Nicholas Nelka at Bolton. So that that opens up a world of possibilities there. Nicholas Anelka played at Paris Saint-Germain. Um, hmm. Oh, good grief. Who did he play? Who, who else did he play for? Uh, Nicholas Anelka. Real Madrid hmm. he played for. He actually started at Paris Saint-Germain. Hmm. Um, played at Real Madrid. Who did he play at Real Madrid for? Carl, oh. Roberto Carlos. 
Roberto yeah. Carlos, yeah. So Roberto Carlos is Brazilian. Surely we'd be able to get from this one now. Oh, good grief. There's got to be a time limit here as well, hasn't there? You, yeah, or else it's going to be a, <laughs> a very long podcast. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you what, you do it. Right, okay. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll start with Pele. I think that'll be, it might be a cheese, but I think it might be easier to go backwards from Pele. Okay. Uh, right, Pele. Okay. Here's one. Pele. Things in his career, but one of the most underrated things was starring in Escape to Victory. Oh, that's awful! Where he played alongside Ozzy Ardiles. Yeah. Now Ozzy Ardiles, uh, he was Tottenham manager for a bit, wasn't he? He was. Um, I'm going to say ninety four, ninety three, something like that. Where I'm guessing his top goal scorer would have been Teddy Sheringham. Yeah. Teddy Sheringham, who then went on to play in 1999 and won the Champions League with David Beckham. Mm-hmm. David Beckham left and gave uh, his number seven shirt to Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. And on Cristiano Ronaldo's debut, he was fouled for a penalty against Bolton by Kevin Nolan. Well, I'd say congratulations, but really, I think uh, I think Stewart's inquiry must be called for that first one. Um, right? I mean, <laughs> he did I play alongside him. He did, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did struggle. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I think it's easier doing it backwards, like you, you tried it there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah maybe yeah. if we try this again next week. Uh, what I would like to do is how far back could you go in six degrees? So from Kevin Nolan, could you track back to David Jack? Could you track back to David Jack? That could be what this game is called. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it could. Uh, who would the oldest player? So, Kevin Poole, for example, um, he, going back some. So, Kevin Poole, at the start of his career, will have played with somebody else. How far back? Peter Shilton, of course. So, did mm. Kevin Nolan, did he play with Peter Shilton? He would have done, wouldn't he? No. No? Uh, no, no. Yeah, because it would have been 95. Well, he would have played with Jimmy Phillips, who played with Peter Shilton, who played with Gordon Banks. Who played? Yeah, so we could track it back that way. I wonder yeah. how far back we could go. Um, I, I think uh, yeah, well, David Jack's what nineteen twenties was he? David Jack. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you could. Uh, well, we're talking hundred years there. Yeah, a hundred you can do. So like, yeah, a hundred. So somebody who's playing now, see if you could go back a hundred years. Okay, well, there's a, there's the challenge. There's the challenge to people who are listening to this and wondering why have you bothered keeping this in the podcast? Um, yeah, how far back can you go? We're going to have a, a, a record of of how far back we can go. Let's see if we can go back to Kenny Davenport. <laughs> yeah, if we can get back to Kenny Davenport, the game's over. Yeah, that's a, that's a power move. That's it. Game over. No more. <laughs> no more. Uh, um, the six degrees of Kevin Nolan. Yeah, yeah, and I think to be honest, yeah, there may only be one more week left in this anyway. So um, <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Um, right, so let's uh, let's close that uh, highly unsuccessful segment with a bit of talk about Port Vale because, of course, that's where Bolton Wanderers are heading at the weekend. Um, big pitch, tough ground. What do you see him doing with the team? Obviously, eight changes in midweek. Do, do you disregard all those changes? Go back to the team that beat uh, Wickham or? Do you think it'll be more complex than that? Um, 
I think I think he'll go backer and Charles up front. Right. Uh, not Charles. Uh, Affalion, sorry. I think he'll go backer and Affalion up front. And then, um, yeah, I think he'd be more more of a Wickham team. You'd, you'd fancy you'd fancy Morley would come back in. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think with the size of the pitch and considering Kieran Lee played the other night, you'd probably think Dempsey would come back in. Um, and then, yeah, the rest... I mean, the the question would be, I guess, uh, for me, whether it would be Connor Bradley or Sadlier, because yeah, Connor Bradley's full of energy, full of pace. Um, you know, I think his tracking back has been really good. I've been surprised by how good that's been. But yeah. it's going to be a physical game, and down that right hand side, when they're attacking the the end with the away fans in, as we saw when we were last there uh, with fans, it can get a bit feisty and a tasty. bit tasty so <laughs> whether you want Bradley on that side and I'm not sure whether you'd rather have sadly so yeah what about you what do you think yeah I, I do think I think you're right I, I, I can see him going back to the same sort of team obviously we, we know Declan John's not feeling so clever so whether or not he's right for Saturday I, I've probably got my doubts Iredale maybe a little bit more physically imposing as well as a player so on the left hand side I can see him sticking with with Iredale um I don't think they're, they're the most direct team in the world, Port Vale, so I don't think they, they necessarily need to bring in all the big guns in the, in the same way as you would do if you were going to a, a Morecambe or a, uh, you know, like a Burton or something. But um, interesting what you say there was sadly. I, I do I, I want to see him get a chance from the start somewhere. Um, whether it be at right wing back, I'm not sure. Whether you can drop... I mean, you just couldn't change Bradley at the moment. He's playing out of his skin. Um, and obviously, he only played a little bit in midweek as well. Dapo will be fresh. Morley will be fresh. So, you'd imagine they'll all come back in as well. So, I think it'll be very similar to the team that uh, that beat Wickham. Um, Charles is still a few we- a few weeks off. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think he may he may well stick. He may well stick with that team. Uh, he has been going on a lot about rotation, though. So, um, he probably will stick with exactly the same team. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's yeah, just to just to trick us all. Classic curveball, classic manager curveball move. One thing I will say about Port Vale, you say it's a bit tasty on the sidelines. You're not wrong, and obviously we all remember that uh, that pitch invasion, of course, with Weeter giving everybody a hug and and acting as the steward. Um, it's also one of the only places that uh, we've almost nearly kicked off in the press box as well. Um, the fans that very very close in um, around the press box. And a few years back, we went there, and it might well have been the same game, actually, that Parkinson era. Uh, but uh, we were on the local, sat with uh, Jack Dearden, and John McGinley was on with Jack, I think. And they were obviously suitably partisan with the way that they were commentating. Something John McGinley said did not go down well at all with the lads in front of us. But of course, I'm in front of them, so I'm like the barrier between... Um, uh, between Jack, John, and these Port Vale fans. Oh, my God. It... They were spitting, snarling. They call him every name under the sun. John is absolutely lapping it up. And uh, there was another guy with us who started blowing kisses to these fans. That did not help. Um, Yeah, it was uh, very, very briefly threatened to be an all-out war. But um, it's the the proximity of the fans around you, a bit like Burnley, uh, makes it quite an intimidating place even to be in a press box, let alone... Uh, let alone on the pitch. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I, and I also can't wait for a breakfast where I've got melted cheese on it as well. 
Uh, yeah, is it oat cakes they do? Oat cakes and melted cheese, yeah. that's uh, All the breakfasts around uh, Burslem Way, that's the way they do it. So, uh, um, when in Rome. Mm. Um, I just hope they do it at Morrison's Cafe, because I'll be travelling with Jack Dearden, and I can guarantee that's where we'll bloody end up. Um, yeah, but, if the BBC could have sponsors, I'm sure the... the anything Jack Dearden does would be sponsored by Morrison's Cafe uh, sponsored by uh, a cafe with no Wi-Fi and cheap beans but uh, there we go <laughs> uh, right okay that's all we're going to have time for for another episode of The Buff um, which will now I suppose be with you every single week until the end of time when I next get a holiday um, so um, yes back again next Friday to bring actually we'll have Morecambe as well before then Morecambe uh, at home on the Tuesday yeah. night isn't it so uh, yeah. another bumper edition next week and um, you know God knows what tales we bring you from a Morecambe game because nothing ever happens against them guys. Um, so, uh, yeah, be very interesting. I am now off to uh, to use my host pipe and whilst I still can. Um, <laughs> and I might uh, watch the great American mud wrestle as well. Not necessarily in that order, by the way. Um, but uh, until that point, uh, I've been Mark Isles. And I've been Henry Hewitt. And this has been a risque buff.